What's going on, everyone? Alex Chateras here with another Knicks episode for this podcast. Guys, we got a lot going on for the New York Knicks right now. We just saw an exhilarating win against the Indiana Pacers, who, you know, in my eyes, just kind of got lucky because we lost quickly that game and the whole flow changed uh, when we had the first matchup. But a lot of stuff going on, and we really need to dissect what we saw this past week because we had the high between the Cavaliers, the low between the Raptors, and then we got back on that high with the Pacers, and then we got a full slate coming up this week. We got five games we got to cover before our next Knicks episode drops, and we're going to go over some of the players and what we saw this uh, this past week and how they performed. You know, like Julius Randle, he's been playing very well, being uh, a true foundation, like not a foundational piece, but a true catalyst for what this team has been doing. And then we also got to talk about Mitchell Robinson's uh, improvement because he's his game is just really starting to take that next step under Tom Thibodeau. And then, yeah, th- there's just so many people. We got to talk about RJ Barrett too because there's just a tale of just, I guess, two different guys that we saw this week from shooting to being an elite shooter, I guess, just only in Indiana. But then, John, what do we got for et cetera today? Oh, man, what an intro for the for the 500 Knicks, man. I'm hyped. Uh, for et cetera today, we're just going to um, really just talk about the, the Eastern and Western Conference. Like, the the NBA is is coming up to an auspicious start, as Walt Frazier would say. So <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll just get into that. That's a beautiful way to start this podcast. Ricey, I hope you enjoyed that. Let's do this. Let's get this thing going. Good everyone, Alex Jeteris here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks Jets Exciter Podcast. And with me as always is my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man who's actually turning the Knicks around himself, coaching with Tom Thibodeau on the sidelines. You saw him flying out to Indiana. What's going on, John Malika? My guy. <laughs> oh, man. Yo, we need to be in the garden, Alex. I'm dying, man. I am literally dying inside. I need to be screaming with Tibbs every single time out that he calls. Like from a bad defensive player, especially that we're winning, makes me so happy. When he flicks off his mask, he starts barking at the team. Makes me so damn happy. I can't even explain it. Who would have thought that we just needed coaching for this team, man? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Miracle, <laughs> dude. It's it really a miracle, is, if, man. It's, it's a miracle. A, if, we have a head coach. We have a grown up. We have a grown up in the it, building. Yeah, there's adults in the room. They're they're holding players accountable. It's not just this. There's actually a game plan every single night. There's actually like an idea. Like when we watch a game, we know what we're expecting. It's going to a lot of us go run through RJ and Randall, and then everyone else just supplements the game. And it's wow. It's not just what Randall fail or Alfred Payton dribble for like half the shot clock and then just pass it to Randall, who will just force up a shot. It's it's amazing. It's great. I'm so happy that this team is competing. Uh but it's it, it could be rough. Well, as we saw against the Raptors, man, it, it could be rough. But how, how are you new, feeling? Happy New Year! I just like that, that's it. I guess it's a, I feel like it's a new Knicks team. I, I guess it's it's a cliche like new New Year, new Knicks. But like I'm telling you, man, we finally have a grown up, and it's not just a game plan like you mentioned. It's that everybody has a role. Like you just know that like Mitchell Robinson is gonna come out and he's gonna like be serious and do his thing, and he's not gonna like pop threes and do stuff insane stuff that like you just don't know what's coming. Because it's the Fisdale Knicks, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, you, like you, RJ's not going to be the point guard. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he could be struggling, yeah. whatever. But like at least we know his role. Like he's going to shoot. If he misses, that's one thing. But 
and we'll get into that. But he's not going to all of a sudden like be the point guard, and then we're going to have like random people be center. Like we're not doing that kind of crazy stuff. Everybody has a, a role to play, and it's refreshing to have that. Like not predictability, but like just like I don't do, I don't know what it is that sense of like consistency. Yes, like yeah, consistency. That's what it is. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, no, it, it, there's there's a sense of consistency of as knowing what we're going to get out of this team night in and night out. And I, honestly, it's refreshing because and this is no slight to to Fizdale. It was like first year was just what the roster was given to him for both those two years, but. The only thing I'll say is that his game planning is nowhere near the level of Thibodeau. And we see, uh, we, we just see it, right? Like we saw the experimental with a point forward Julius Randle. We saw with Emmanuel Moutier, the tank commander, uh, trying to just do whatever. And it was just flailing. We saw Knox just get crazy minutes his first year. It was just all over the place, man. You didn't know what was going to happen. It was trying to figure too many things out. No rotation was was set. At least we have a set rotation. That's that's also it's at this point it's like oh I know who's starting. It's going to be it, there's like three key guys who I know who's going to start for now. Five for for this ter- for this term because as Ian Begley reported for fifteen to twenty games they're going to evaluate this roster. But you know it's going to be RJ Randall and Mitch in the starting five, and then it's for now it's going to be Peyton and Bullock and that's really it. And you know, I'm, I'm ha- like, it's not the greatest lineup, but at least I'm fine with knowing what it's going to be. <laughs> to, to, to be honest with you, the, the, the most impressive part about this 500 start right now is that Burks isn't in. Yeah. Uh, I know like for, for the, for the, for the last couple games, uh, Obi's out DSJ mm-hmm. and Frank have been hurt. Like the, like whether you like them or not, like there's still depth spots at the point guard. You know what I'm trying to say? And we're filling in. So, Dude, I, I, we look so different with Burks on the court. <laughs> like we look so good with Burks on the court, and he hasn't been on the court the past couple of games. So, like that, that like re- that really excites me. Like he is, he's a, he's plus on the court. Like he's his IQ is very high, uh, I, and especially with uh, quickly on the court. Like, man, I, I, I'm really excited for us to be healthy, which is like which is weird for me. I used to be excited when we're not healthy, so like we could like sneak in minutes. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this guy's hurt. This guy will get some minutes. We'll see what he can do. I'm like really excited for us to like be a cohesive squad. Yeah, absolutely, man. And Jesus, even talking about all those guys that we see, right? Think about the rotation. Like besides the starting five, the 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 second units that we've seen so far. Now, last night, I actually love the backcourt between Austin Rivers and Emmanuel. Quickly, please. I'm done. Don't. I don't need to see anything else. Leave me those two guys. It is. It is great. The way Rivers was just getting guys off jab steps. I know he looks like he he looks like he's playing in the park, which let's be frank is going to be super frustrating at some point. Like we're going to be watching games this year and we're going to be like, please dude, like this is an NBA basketball game. Like let's just, let's just like, let's, let's calm down. Okay. And let's not get ahead of ourselves. But to be honest with you, I feel like the refs kind of like, What's the word? They, they kind of project that vibe onto him. And let me explain what I'm saying. Like that jab step he had in the corner that like clearly wasn't an out of bounds. The reason they call that out of bounds on him, like in my opinion, is because he's so erratic. You know what I mean? He's just like, he's just like flailing his arms and like he's flailing his legs. And like, like that's just how I, and I feel like the ref is just like not used to it. It's a terrible excuse. Uh, but like, I, I agree with you. Like, I just think he's a little, He's just excited. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he, he played a little excited. And so I just need him to, like, be, like, a little, 
you know, more in tune with like, here I am, I'm on the Knicks, like I have a spot in this rotation. And also, I'm sure it's pretty scary to play for Tibbs like the first go around. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to prove like that you have a spot and like you can play D and you, you like you can't make stupid mistakes, like mental mistakes. And sometimes like that's scary, you know. And people play worse, a la Frank. You know what I mean? Frank's whole thing is the mental, right? And sometimes they say that about Austin Rivers too. Like he's good, he has the talent, and sometimes he gets erratic on the court. So it was, it was nice to see. I completely agree with you. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I I can hear that. My my issue though is between we've been getting a lot of calls for going out of bounds even prior to Rivers coming back. So I don't know what this is all about. Like it's, I'm questioning the refs still be a little bit. And this is just the fan inside of me. This is just looking at it from all these games. You can't be stepping out of bounds that much, and then seeing Rivers, which he was clearly in bounds. Like it wasn't close. It was was not not close close whatsoever. And so, and that was a quick whistle too. And what what's going on? Because we can see it when it comes to our side, right? But when it's the opposite side where it was called an issue for Julius Randle, I don't know if he was even out of bounds at that point because I, I would need to see it, obviously, to, to really have a full uh, like determination if he did. But these calls, man, they are, they're getting pretty questionable, and especially how they gave Depot twice now. In Indiana, these calls have been pretty bad in Indiana. The first game of the regular season, and now I, I'm questioning these refs, man. Especially in Indiana, I have no idea what's going on. The the out of bounds call is clearly was a clearly egregious, uh, just an issue, just just an issue. But let's 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 start get let's start, let's actually uh, move into this and let's start moving this conversation. Talk about what we saw from these past three games this week, man. Because we had we had the Cavaliers, we defeated the undefeated Cavaliers. <laughs> then we lost to the Raptors. The East, uh, the, the, the East leading Cavaliers at the time. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God we stopped that nonsense. Uh, then we had the Raptors where we couldn't shoot for for shit. And then we come out and, dude, we did something that the Knicks usually don't do in the fourth quarter, which is get back a lead, hold it, and close out a game. And we did it in such con- such convi- convincing fashion with three back-to-back-to-back defensive players Julius Randle stopping Sabonis, then getting the steal and slamming it down, and then Mitch blocking. Uh, I believe it was, it was, I think it was Oladipo or Dougie McDermott, one of the two. I think it was Oladipo who tried to take a shot, and then uh, Mitch blocked him. So three key defensive plays at the end that really changed the entire game. And well, let's let's get into this and, and really like dive how that how we should be feeling about these Knicks because I know it's easy to get into this high right now. They're looking good. But I think there's also we as fans also have to come back and kind of like draw it back and really see what we're what we're actually witnessing here. So, John, let's let's start with uh let's start with you and hear what you thought about all three games this week. We don't have to go game by game. We can, but we can mm-hmm. just talk about generally what we saw this entire week. Uh, well, okay. Well, so let's let's like so first of all, we had it uh, you and I at three and three, right? We had mm-hmm. we had the Knicks at two and two, and we had it at three and three. So. We're we're content with the results, but maybe it's not exactly how we saw it coming. For the for these last three games, it was so. Let's just talk about it. So we had the the Cavs and the Pacers game. We played really well. In of course, we won the game, so it's easy to say that we played well in those games. But I think we kind of played well differently. Like the Pacers mm-hmm. game, the Pacers game was definitely defensive, right? Like that that really was a defensive game, and. Uh, Shout out to Anthony Donahue, who he put out like one of my favorite tweets from uh, Knicks Night because I feel like we all watched the Knicks game together on Twitter, right? Um, he, he, we he said, uh, yeah, he said that Reggie, Reggie Miller is not walking through that door, 
which I, which I, thought, I thought it was hilarious because that's exactly what I was thinking too. Like it was such like an old school Indiana like Knicks game, and if like someone mm-hmm. in like Reggie was there, like he would have put us away. Um, and so like so that was really cool about the Pacers game, and, and with IQ on the court, it really does look different. Oh, one hundred percent. And especially let's and I'm, I'm going to point that out to you, especially because you had an article this week. Um, it's just so I'll mention it. Julius Randle, dude, on the Pacers game, he looked way different than he did in the Cavs game. So let's so let's jump quick to the Cavs game. The Cavs game. That sh- that that was a that was a I don't want to say a must win for us, but that was a huge like that was a huge game for us, right? Coming off the Bucks, and then we mm-hmm. ha- we were staring at the Raptors, who were clearly desperate. Like we knew we had to win the Cavs game. We're on the road. We um, we had we are on a huge you know road swing right now. So I loved how we ran a superb. Like game plan, okay. I, I know, I know, I know. This just sounds corny, but yo, Tibbs knew exactly how to attack the Cavaliers. He stopped Nance completely. He's like, listen, uh, Nance is going to be the one doing everything. They had a couple injuries that game, kind of lucky for us as well. Let's be real, okay. Dotson not a factor. Like the real factor was Nance, and I, I'm going to throw it up to you right now because I know you want to talk about it. Like our backcourt. That's what that's what held that's what held us down versus the Cavs, right? Like the Cavs is all about it their backcourt, and and that's what we were about. So I was really impressed with our offense, completely like how we ran it versus the Cavs. But our defense with the backcourt was impressive with the Cavs specifically, for sure. Uh, Peyton, you know, came out, got us fourteen points that night. Frank, uh, he didn't give us a lot. He went two for five, one for three from the three point line. Um, but the way he came in and played defensively, that was very important. My content, my, my issue with Frank when it comes to these games is being aggressive. Okay. Defensive, defensively, he, he's aggressive. Okay. He, he, he can lock down guys. He can do stuff. He, he can penetrate. He can enter the lane, cause tips, uh, uh, whatever. You name it, he can do it. Offensively, Dude's got to be a little bit more aggressive. There, we did it again, man. Like, you and I were texting during that game. It's like, dude, just take the shot. Like, there's so many times where he was just open where he just needs to take the shot. There and was it's that just one, so dude. There was that one that hurt oh. us. We were just like, yo, pull up, dude. Just pull up. I'd rather you get an air ball than do what you just did. Like, like hesitate, step, let the defender get back, and now you just, like, ruin the whole play. Now, now there's yeah. a turnover coming. Just shoot. Just shoot. Yeah. And the thing is, like, he's actually getting, like, good passes to his hands to allow him to shoot. But then we see later that game, he decides to do a turnaround jumper after using the screen for the mid-range, like the foul line uh, shot, which is like, okay, if you can do this and that's your shot, get to your shot, man. Like, there's nothing wrong. If you're hitting shots, nothing wrong with that. But RJ played well defensively. Peyton played well. Bullock was locking down. Bullock had a game that night because he went five for nine from three and had 17 points when we're wondering what's going to happen if we don't have Burks to score. That night he came through, man, just really did. And then even Mitchell Robinson ended the game with like four personal fouls like Julius Randle, but those fouls didn't come all in the first or the second. It was very spread out. He played solid defense, just staying his ground, putting his arms up. You know, Drummond's a, a tough guy to, to to play against, but he did a solid job. And like you're, you're starting to see it, right? He, he's going to get bullied because he's got a thin frame compared to Drummond, but he did work. But to get back to what you were saying uh, on the guard play, Definitely, we had solid guard play. We stopped the terrible nickname that is Sexland. Uh, let's just shoot that down and just never. I don't even want. To, I don't even know how Cavs fans even allow that to be made. It's terrible. 
but we stopped them. We, they didn't do too much against us. You know, looking at uh, the numbers, yeah, you have you had both of them. You had both of them who had Sexton got twenty points. Garland had seventeen points, but it wasn't. Those were hard earned points. That wasn't like a casual twenty, a casual seventeen, and then everything just, you know, flowed naturally because it it, it took them. It took effort more so on Sexton than it did uh, Garland, though. Uh, but yeah, we did a solid job holding those guys down. And Drummond, he got his 18. But that was a very gritty game, man. That was a very gritty defensive game. It was ugly because we only had, uh, we only really had Randall who put up 20, 28 points that game to come through and, and secure that victory. That was probably like the the epitome of a. Not actually not because what he, they did during the end of the Pacers game was truly like the epitome of a Thibodeau defense. But they played Thibodeau defense to win this game. This felt like I was back in like the eighties and the nineties, just seeing a, such a low, under a hundred scoring game. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I it, like that game versus the Cavs. I think put Mitchell Robinson on the map for Tibbs. That was his first double digit rebound game, but he just played smart. Um, there's this weird narrative, and like I'm, I guess I was a part of it, um, about this like Mitchell Robinson foul thing, and I I think it's also being a point of order for the refs. I think that the refs are like legit call, you know, they just know that Mitchell Robinson's foul prone. Like coming into the game, they're just like, okay, this guy's gonna get fouls. Watch out for him. You know what I mean? Oh, like we're gonna call fouls on Mitchell Robinson this game, number twenty three for the Knicks, because some of these fouls aren't fouls. You know what I mean? And, and some and and some of course he is being aggressive and he knows it. But, like, a lot of the times, like, he really is just standing there with his hands up. I feel like he's just, like, just some frustrated kid playing, like, CYO basketball with, like, his hands just, like, just, like, straight up, like, barely playing defense because he's scared to get a foul call on him, uh, which is kind of frustrating. But he he's definitely turned that around. His IQ is getting a lot higher. I really like what you said where he's – if he could just save his fouls, yo, get three in the third quarter, dude. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, if you could say, you know, seriously, like, and it really want, like, I know that'll suck for, you know, our fouls, like, coming up, you know, getting over the limit. But I'm, I'm telling you, like, if, if he could, like, spread him out and so that he can keep his aggressiveness, I'm all for that. He's going to be huge for our team. The way that Tips talks about him makes me so damn happy. Like, it puts such a smile on my face. Like, he, like, he knows. He's, he, dude, he's Tyson, the way he's, the way he's picking up every single basket against the Pacers, like, he's, he, he he really is like our Tyson Chandler, like you know what I mean, like to keep Knicks fans in perspective. Like he he really is like he is our Tyson Chandler, and that's a huge asset to have for sure. Like, and that's just for now. We haven't even seen Mitch's ceiling yet, but as what he's doing right now, like even just standing up, you know, I'm fine with him standing up. He's not he doesn't have to jump on every play, especially when you have guards and guys smaller than him. Let them work to get. He's seven one, man. Put those arms up. You become an eight foot, seven eleven, whatever, eight foot giant at that point. Let them try to work. You know, it's not going to work as much with Drummond because Drummond's that same height, so he can just jump over. But the issue is when he jumps up. You know, when we watch Mitch jump, he jumps into the guy. So then you're getting into that space. So I think Payne and Tibbs have them him working uh, kind of in reverse at this point. It's like let's get down to the fa- let's create a foundation for you. Let's get down to the basics because you're not you haven't learned to jump straight up yet. You're jumping out of people. Stand straight. Then slowly start working, jumping up. Okay. Then we can start seeing some real stuff. And I think he's starting to understand his length when he, when he starts doing that, because he questioned at the beginning of the season, like, how do you play defense without jumping? And it's like, look what you're doing, bro. You're not even jumping. You're playing defense. You are 7-1. Look at your wingspan. 
You don't even have to jump. Just put your arm out. You're not. I think he. I think he sometimes believes he's a small kid still who has to like jump at people, and he doesn't have to do that. But this game, solid game. So let's turn the page. We then get to the Raptors, right? Jesus, hate this game with a passion. We had the lead going into the going into the half, then out. It was just what the hell, man. Really hated this game so much. It was just we couldn't I mean, shoot. To we, we we couldn't hit if we were on a boat we couldn't hit the water if we threw something out off the boat man that's how bad it was my god just I terrible. know I know well okay let's be let's be a little fair right so the Raptors were desperate for a W they were winless coming into this game they were desperate for a W they just come off that really hard loss to the 76ers that's number one bad spot for the Knicks. Mm-hmm. Number two, we were just coming off a win. That doesn't help the situation, but we were also injured at our at our guard spots for the for the, for like the first game. And guess what? The strength for the Toronto Raptors, they got Steady Freddie, who was steady as all hell during that game. He he really, he showed us like what why we needed him on the team. Kyle Lowry is so gritty. Like we 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 had no answers for them. You know what I mean? Spicy P out meant absolutely nothing. Like we 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 kind of held it together for the first half, but really, like we we <laughs> we really didn't stand a chance. And 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 I I thought it was a good first half, honestly. I know uh, between me and you off you know off pod, like we were going at it because like I I I actually I I had the Raptors in this game because like you know I loved the Knicks and everything, but I just knew we didn't stand a chance, like because of the spot we were in. So I was I was like I was really. I was disappointed, of course, that like our third. I mean, like, who's gonna be disappointed in the Knicks blowing a third quarter, dude? Like, that's not that's not a real thing. You know what I mean? Like, that's every day, every single game, the Knicks blow a third quarter. Like, everybody knows that. But the fact that we were going into that game leading the league in three point percentage and then missed twenty straight three pointers, like, what is Yo. happening, dude? And then RJ Barrett shooting, like, let's just, let's let's get it all out there, man, because like, I, dude. <laughs> What was that? Like how? Like how can I watch Steph Curry make 105 threes in practice and then watch our, like the Knicks miss 20 straight threes in a game? Like, like how does that even make any sense? How are we playing the same basketball game? I have no idea. And just to clarify, we we went into that half tied and then we came out paying with the first uh, layup to to take the lead. So just just wanted to clarify that. But yeah, man, watching RJ shoot, my god, but. We're not even asking for him to be Steph Curry, right? Like, we just want him to be league average with 35.7%. And it's rough, dude. Like, it's not going to – it won't be that bad. It's This is evening it out. We saw preseason. It wasn't that bad. I think it's just evening it out. He – it's just one of those nights, man. You know how basketball is. Whether you But, play, like, are you disappointed? Up, are you disappointed? I'm not disappointed because, you know, like what I was about to say is, you know, whether it's playing pickup, you're playing high school, whatever form of basketball, it's – you're going to have stretches that are just rough. There, there's going to be rough stretches, especially when you're a young player in the NBA, right? And RJ has a lot to work on. Let's just be frank, okay? Last season, he's – <laughs> well, let's, let's look at it, right? Because last hey, season – Hey, Frank, he Frank, no. <laughs> nah, oh, ha. That's that's a that's a lot of work, but uh, let's let's be real with what RJ had to work on, right? He had to work on finishing around the rim. He has to work on being 
ambidextrous, being able to finish with both hands because we just can't have him going left and then fake going right and then trying to finish with the left. We want to work on his mid-range, his three-pointer. He's got to be a playmaker. He's got to do all these things because he's the third overall pick of that draft, right? He is our guy. This is the guy we're deciding is the foundational piece who's going to take, who's going to help us take that next step forward to be uh, a playoff contending, a playoff team every single year and then hopefully a championship contender. So there's a lot of work that he has to go through. And right now, let's talk about what we've seen from him. He's finishing at the rim very well. All right. We've seen him do, he, he doesn't take a lot of mid range, but his mid range shot does look fine. He's come in, shot the ball okay from three, even though it was been abysmal for the last couple of games. All right. We saw him preseason. We saw apparently he can only shoot in Indiana, like I said earlier, uh, at the head, at the top of this pod, but he's doing other things. He's playmaking well. He's obviously a strong rebounder. He's doing that. He's pushing the pace. He's, he's slowly come along. He's taken another step forward and he's getting you those 18 points, right? And he's starting to hit his free throws. It's nothing that we should be riding home to be like, yo, have you seen RJ? Like he has really taken this great <laughs> step. He's a, he's a phenomenal free throw. Like, no, he's taking steps. He's, this is year two and he didn't have a full off season. So let's keep it all in perspective, but. There's so, we see the, the, this change slowly coming as of right now. As of right now, he is shooting 79%, 79.3% free throw percentage, much better than last year. So you, you, we see that he's taking that next step forward, right? Last year, I think he was 32% from three, which was abysmal. Yeah, 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 yeah. we don't but, talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but, but, but right now, and right now, he's at 24% through these first six games, but he's, he's, He's making, yeah. he's taking strides. You know it, what I mean? It, it has to change. I mean, like the the, we, we, the Knicks were like eight percent from three point. Like that's not a real number. Like yeah, it, no, has no, no. To, it has to even out. Like you know what I mean? Like it has to even out. So, like it you said, yeah, like you said, we're, it's way too early to be talking about standings and numbers and stats and stuff because like it has to all even out. Like the Cavs aren't going to be first in the East. <laughs> like things are going to change. I don't think the Suns are going to close out first in the West. You <laughs> know, we'll get to that later. Not at all. Um, I I think the Heat and the Bucks might make the playoffs. Um, so like I feel things, <laughs> things, things are gonna things are gonna change a little. Uh, but for me, dude, and I, I guess we could like st- like kind of like put a closing stamp on these last, you know, how we feel about like the generalities of these last three games. The Cavs game was huge for us because it's a first game on the on a big road game on a big road streak coming off that huge win off the Bucks. It was it was really big for us, and and the Cavs are riding hot. It's big for us to put a clamp on that team. I'm not. We can't. We can't be pissed about the Raptors. Like they're, they're desperate. They were literally desperate, and and everyone was missing in that court. And we, we played the first half, and then we missed a thousand three pointers. We just like it was, just don't, just bury that game tape. You know what I mean? Just bury it, dude. Dude, it, it, here's this right. <laughs> <sighs> Every all of our starters did not hit a single three in that Raptors game. Not a single one, not a single. Uh, yeah, one. but how many did they take? One hundred fifty. Dude, there was thirty six <laughs> threes taken, and we yeah, hit that's three. A, yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. Like, like, that, it's not yeah. real. That that's not gonna happen. Like it's not gonna happen every single night. It's going to even out. But and it was so just that's one of those nights, man. It was it, just one but, of those nights. And that's why it's so important that the Pacers game, you know, played out the way it did. So yeah. like the Cavs game was important for us and the Pacers game was huge for us. And that's really what gives us confidence going into these next couple games because the Pacers game, 
listen, Julius Randle came out, he had no points. Okay, yeah. like he, he he was our offense, right? Like we're sitting here, we're like he was our only offense for our wins. We just came off the Raptors game, we can't hit a shot, so we got to go to Randall. You know what I mean? Like that's what everybody's thinking, right? And guess what? Randall scored zero points for 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 a, a long stretch of this game. Like he 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 had four assists. I think like go, going into the second quarter, like he was just mm-hmm. he was just like chilling. You know what I mean? He was like he, it kind of felt like the, I know this is insane to say, but I'm still gonna say it out loud. Remember that like uh, Kobe game when he was like pissed off. Um. Yes. Oh, uh, because because he shot a bunch of game. He shot a bunch of shots, and the next the next game playoff, he like literally didn't decide. I'm not going to shoot once. Like I'm just going to pass a yes. hundred. Yeah. Like it just felt. Like, it didn't like that wasn't what was happening. But like Randall was not looking to shoot. He was just looking to dish it out, and we were playing really well. So that defensive grit, the coach, the way the team is built, Mitch Rivers, like quickly, like those are nice. I I I, I need Bullock and Burks to not be volume shooters. Okay, I need them to just be rotation, like them keep switching out for each other and just be what you are. Play D, have high IQ and hit your threes. You can't be volume shooters. Like they're just not it's just not going to be successful. Okay? But but but, but, but I want to get this from you, Alex. I want you to comment on that, but I want to get this from you. We haven't mentioned your boy Kevin Knox. Yeah, Dude, we have not he's been getting under the like, he is just getting buried everywhere. He's getting buried like going to the season no everyone wants to cut him. Like, go, like first couple of games where he wants to cut him, he's doing okay. We stopped talking about him. Like, so, I, dude, I, I like Kevin Knox. Like, I, I don't care who who knows it at this point. Like, I really like what I see from Kevin Knox. I like what I see too. He's being aggressive. He's playing defense. He's coming up. He he put on his big boy his big boy pants. Unlike last season, he's not timid. He's not in his head. He's gaining the confidence. I, I'm sure Kenny Payne having him in that locker room and Thibodeau as well. And, you know, also, um, our boy, uh, <laughs> Mike Woodson. I'm sure they're all getting to him and just saying, look, dude, you got to play with confidence. Just go, just go out there, play tough, be aggressive, go make a play. And he's doing that, whether it's dribbling, finishing around the rack against the Raptors. He played pretty well. I know he couldn't hit a three, but he hit one three, but he, he made, he had what, like 16 points that game. And you, you see that he, he's taken another step forward. And I like him too. He's a long, lengthy player. Who can shoot? Once he gets that shot going, man, it's over. Cause he's got, a, he's got a beautiful shot. It's once he gets that thing going, it's going to be, it's, it will be over. And I just can't wait until he unlocks that, man. And honestly, this feels like year two of Kevin Knox, not year three, because last season was just a waste for him. Really actually a waste of a season for him. The coaches didn't do him any justice. Having so many power forwards didn't do him any justice. Having Marcus Morris here. They get us quickly, but didn't do him any justice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just want to make that. Just want to make my that, favorite. Want, it's want, like I love him. I, I I like. There's nobody I love more than <laughs> than Marcus Morris at this point. Like, Luke, thank you for your service, service man. Thank you for your service. Once a Nick, always a Nick. <laughs> I'm so happy. Yeah, like I'm so happy he got paid. Like I'm always gonna love the Clippers now. Like I, I just love him. Yeah. No. Happy for Mook. Um. But no, I, I like the way Knox has been playing, man. And, you know, watching the Pacers game, if the, once this team truly gels, these are the type of wins I can actually see coming. The, and I'm not going to say every night. I still, It's still hard for me to see this team winning uh, over 30 games. It really is. Just because, one, I don't know how, what's going to happen at the trade deadline. We don't know what's going to happen around then because people are going to start talking and we're not going to discuss this now. People are going to discuss it. It was brought up already. And the question listen, is, what are we doing with Randall? But- 
I know. And that's but gonna, listen, that's Alex, gonna be a way 30, down the line. Dude, listen, I'm gonna like this is a weird season, dude, because first of all, 30, of course, gets you the over in Vegas, which would be a crazy like turn of events, honestly. But in reality, 30 gets you into the playoffs. Like, definitely yeah. a play-in game. So what are we talking about trading Randall? Like, we're a playoff team. Like, I know that sounds insane. So, like, 30 wins, like, we, we're, we're, we're maybe even an eighth seed, but, like, we're, 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 in, we're in a play-in. So, dude, Randall's not going anywhere. Like, I swear, like, Randall is here to stay if we're hanging out like this. The only thing we obviously need is a point guard. It's obvious. Like, we need a point guard. Like, I, I love Quickly. I love him, dude. I, like, trust me, number one fan right here. Like, <laughs> like, put me in an Emmanuel Quickly jersey. Like, no problem. But we need a point guard. Like, I don't know what to say. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. And I'm not even thinking about what we would do with Randall. And if we keep playing like this, if we get what we got from the Pacers, where they can close out games, play tough no def- tough nose defense in the fourth quarter where it counts, that's what we get. That's what we want out of this team, man. They're competing, and even when they're losing, man, they're competing. They're confident. They're not going out there saying like they get frustrated. There's a difference between getting frustrated and losing confidence. These guys are getting frustrated when they're losing because they know they believe, as they should, that they're better than that. And that's what you want from this team. And Thibodeau's putting that in them. I love the fact that when Mitch stepped out of bounds doing that inbounding pass, he just ripped him a new one. Like, yo, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Don't do this. Like, what are you doing? Get your head in the game. Like, think. I was so happy, man. And that's that's holding players accountable. And that's what we're getting. Dude, Austin, at dude, Austin Rivers. Austin Rivers did that uh, yesterday during the game too. Um, the inbound pass. No, there was a shot that should have that that. Um, I forgot. Who, I forgot. Who, man, it's slipping my mind right now. But there was. I think it was to RJ actually. There was a swing to RJ, and he just didn't pull up. And Austin was like, "Dude, shoot the ball. Like, just shoot it." Like, you know what I mean? You're just like, dude, you, you, ha- you, ha- you have to shoot. I, I'll, I'll, I'll go back and I'll pick the exact play. But, yo, I, w- I actually want you I'm, – I'm so glad you're talking about the accountability because before we switch up to next week's uh, big slate of games uh, that we got for the Knicks, right? We got the Hawks, the Jazz, the Thunder coming up. Then we got the Nuggets and Hornets too. Before we get into that, I, um, I want you to kind of spotlight um, – the accountability that's been held on Julius Randle, like from the coaches, right? So, like, really quick, like, what's been the difference for you from, like, the Fisdale, like, era, Randle, to just, like, the first six games of, you know, the Thibodeau-Randle era? Because, dude, in six games, I don't think I've ever seen anyone change the mind of an organization, a fan base, and probably the league. Like Randall did, right? Like even Randall, his trade value go up too. So it's not just us. It's not just a coach. It's every, you know, it's everyone. Like just from that. So like, how, like what what did you see like specifically, and why do you think that happened? Besides just like Tibbs, you know? Yeah. So um, recently wrote, as you point out earlier for Hoops Habit, talking about Julius Randall and his improved style of play just through the first five games alone, right? If we just compare what we saw from the first five games alone from Julius Randle this season to last season, it is night and day. Um, this season, right? This season, Julius Randle, uh, this is prior, this is, and this is prior to the Pacers game. First five games, uh, Randle is averaging 23 points for this season. Randle is averaging 23 points, 10.4 rebounds, seven assists, 53.3 field goal percentage, 53 three point percentage. That's not going to last. Okay. And that's taking like three. Three and a half attempts per game, uh, 76 free throw percentage within 38 minutes per game. Last season, this dude was averaging 15.6 points, 11 rebounds, five assists, 43 field goal, 43.7 field goal percentage, 
8% from three, 60 free throw, 60% free throw percentage within 34 minutes. Drastic change. And you see the numbers increase. And sometimes seeing a numbers increase doesn't mean anything. But when you watch Julius Randle, there is clearly a difference. He's a playmaker now. He's not doing the stupid shit of last season, which is just spinning into multiple defenders. He's actually drag, drawing double teams, doing the kicking it out, finding guys in the paint. And I think the reason that we see Randall coming this way, you know, Reggie Bullock pointed out is that I think he, he, he understands the game, really looked at himself in the mirror and said, you know, I got to play better, especially if I'm going to be the guy that has to lead this team. Because leading a team doesn't mean you're just scoring points. It doesn't mean you're just getting your stats. It's making everyone else around you better, right? And he's clearly doing that. He's making guys around him better, which I think a, a, a main factor for that is not only Thibodeau, but but Kenny Payne, Mike Woodson, all these guys who are saying, what are you doing? And you see it when Julius Randle makes a dumb play, Tibbs is on him. Woodson then, you know, gives like the, the good cop. Uh, yes, for sure. Uh, for sure. You know, Woodson is the perfect good cop. And, you know, and, he's the perfect and, uncle. And then, and then you have Kenny Payne, who's just kind of like, look, man, when you're down there, look at this. And like everyone else on that staff, even Johnny Bryant, but Johnny Bryant probably, work, I think he believes, I believe he works more so with the guards. Um, because he's the, he's the assistant head coach. And the you quickly whisperer. Yeah. And the quickly whisperer. I cannot wait. Cannot, he's going to unlock quickly and we're going to love the living daylights out of this kid for so long if he's on this team. Uh, and I hope he's on this team. I think it's just, I think it's really just the way that he's looking at the floor, man. He's really slowed down the game. He's not trying to force anything, you know, and even when he, if we look at the Pacers game, right? Let's look at the first quarter. He wasn't forcing anything. He had four assists. There's a couple shots he could have forced. Some people were like, he was forcing shots. He only took four shots. Two of them were because the shot clock's ending. And what are you going to do? You want him to do the same thing Frank did? Give a dish to like Noel or whoever and just be like, chuck it. No, he's got to take the shot. Like, He's he's comfortable with those shots, so he's going to take it. Second quarter, he started to force some shit. Not really thrilled, but he came out in the third quarter, man. Calmed himself, just and then played his game and let the game come to him. I think it's just a maturation of just understanding the game and letting it come to you and not forcing anything with Julius Randle. That, that's what I get from this. Yeah, but and he also had some spin moves that kind of worked out well. I'm not even gonna lie, he did have one that turned into a turnover. But yo, he had some. It kind of worked out. Like yo, he kind of pulled someone. I was like, yo, that spin move looks kind of nice when you when you don't Dude. see it 19 times in a game. When you see it like yeah. three or four, it's like yo, like, and he that's got to the basket. And that's it too, right? You won't want to see this same because that's the other thing. Like he, that was his go to move, and like the go to move can't be a go to move one if it doesn't work, and two if you're doing it 20 times a game, and it just is a turnover. And when he does, it's not that patented spin move that he does. He does a spin move, which I'm fine with, but it's not that stupid patented spin move where he's like backing guys down. Like he'll start backing guys down. He'll start to do it. And then he dishes it out. And it's like, Oh, okay. You drew three guys to you and found the open guy. I'll take that. He's just, he's just really slowed the game down, man. And it's really, uh, he's it's really, really reading good, it. I really yeah. like Julius Randle. I'll, I'll say, it. I like him. You know, I, I, as long I as he's not point forward, as long as he's not the point forward, because like, I, let's not forget the last, the first three games, right? So we're talking about the last three games. The first three games when he was like, when he decided to be point forward, I wanted to break everything in my sight. He cannot be a point forward like this. I'm, I'm. Listen, everybody's really excited right now. Even people, and like, not even just Knicks fans, right? Like, of course, Knicks fans are excited, but like, Alan Ahn is excited. Okay, like he he's sitting there like wow, like this team is playing cohesive, like 
well, Frazier's excited. Like, you could tell, like, these, these guys who are, like, constantly making fun of our, our players for the last 20 years are like, wow, like, this just looks different. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, wow, we're really good. It's just, this looks different. So, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just hesitant to be super excited about the team without a point guard, man. It's, it's so difficult. And IQ is good. Okay. I, I like him. But did you see that he's, <laughs> did you see his shorts? Like, I don't know what he pointed it out, but like, he's clearly wearing like boxer shorts with like, you know, with like, <laughs> with like, with like a huge like padding. Like, so if you hit him like in the stomach or something, it's like, like it's, he clearly has a padding. Like, he's not, he's good. He's good, but he's not uh, our starting point guard that's going to like, what's going to happen? Let's get into, you know, we're going to get into it next week. Like, we're on the road for a while. We're about to see some pretty good point guards, some really good guards. Like, we need a point guard, dude. We, we, until we are, we have a point guard, I cannot take this team seriously. I mean, we have decent point guards for now. I know everyone was just ready to kill Alfred Payton, Alfred Payton at the beginning of the season. Like, my goodness gracious. But now he's starting to even Uh, out. And let's be real. My like, brother, dude. Really- my brother almost. My brother almost killed me. He's like, literally, after the first couple of games, he's like, "I'm never gonna forgive you for wanting Alfred Payton back in the day." I was like, "Man, I loved him, like in Orlando." And then he cut his hair, but like, no, like Scott Perry and Alfred Payton, like he knows the deal, dude. Alfred Payton knows what he's doing. He can have an off game, but he's a floor general. You know, he's he's not a great shooter, but he's a floor general. Like he he could, you give him the ball, he's gonna make an offense work. Like that. That's it. And yeah. What what else do you want? He'll make it uh, an average offense, right? It's and that's what you're gonna get. It's an average offense, and you know maybe slightly above average. But, but if the team work. was better, but if the team was better, he would be really good in it. You know what I'm saying? Like he is not, but he he can't like elevate the way like Steve Nash does or like Chris Paul. I mean, does. yeah, like, sure. Like okay, but like if if the team is really good, he's gonna be amazing in it. You know what I mean? He he'll be a perfect perfect fit into this squad. If it was way better, but he's not going to elevate a team, dude. And I need a point guard that's going to elevate the team. Well, here's the thing, right? We talk about uh, when we talk about the NBA changing into a positionless uh, league, multiple ball handlers. We see that with the quickly and rivers matchup, two ball handlers who can shoot, um, can drive, do all those things. And it's fine. It works because you have two guys who can do it. And I actually want to get in this with you for a little bit because I'm curious to see what you think moving forward. And before we start previewing the next games, we're going to have an issue once everyone's healthy. Okay. We're going to have a real issue once everyone health, once everyone is healthy. There it's, we have depth. Not everyone's going to play. You love to joke that it's eight man rotation. You know, it's really like we, we got nine last night. Now that we got quickly back. Um, God knows if it's going to be four once we get Obi Toppin back, or I mean, 10 once we get Obi Toppin back, maybe, cause I know that everyone's still trying out. Uh, or just trying to figure everything out for this team. But what's going to happen, man? Like, I love watching the Rivers quickly backcourt. I really like that backcourt. I don't want to see it ruined. I don't need DSJ. And quite honestly, Frank, he's not a guard to me at this point. Like, who can do either one of these things? Those guys just, you know, he... If he did that, I would say, all right, fine. But what do you think, man? I don't need to see DSJ, honestly. And I, I chose him, too, to be the sixth man when... You know, when I was on Knicks fan TV and I thought GSJ was going to do it because I, once again, they got me with the hype thinking he's going to make a turnaround. He played good defense, commanded the offense, not really there. You see when quickly gets on the court, command the offense. Austin Rivers telling people where he needs to go to. 
Peyton can, you know, maneuver people around as well, just organize it and get everyone to position. What do you feel, man? What do you feel about this guard? Honestly, we had too many power forwards last season. Now we have, once again, too many guards, which we did last season. What do you think, man? What do you think moving forward? What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Don't even get me started on the whole power forward thing because OG Bobby Portis tweeted this weekend. Someone got at him. They said, yo, what was going on with the Knicks last year? Why are you so excited about them now? He literally said, too many power forwards. <laughs> he knew the vibes, man. He just knew the vibes. <laughs> Unbelievable. He knew the oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, so yo, okay, so let's break it down. Yeah, Mitch and Noel in there. And yes. then we got Randall and Obi. Yes. Right, okay. And then we got Barrett, Knox, Quickly, Rivers. Like those are hundred percent, right? Like oh, oh, like those are hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I got I gotta say it. Good. Like do we Bullock and Burks? Like that's ten. That's that's literally that's that's literally ten people, and that's not mentioning Alfred Payton. So now we have Alfred Payton. He's in yep. there, and then that leaves DSJ and Frank not even like on the rock. Like they might not even be getting dressed. You know what I'm trying to say? Because like now now we're like we're we're starting to get to twelve to the fi- to twelve fifteen range. You know what I mean? Yep. We were talking about Iggy. Like Iggy has more of a chance to 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 break the rotation at this point than them because there's so many of these like same thing like. What does Frank give you that, let's say, quickly doesn't? You know what I'm saying? Like, like one, like maybe like one extra, like one defensive possession, but like nothing. Obviously, nothing else matches. But like, just like from the positives, like you know what I'm saying? Like, what in the positives does he bring you that quickly doesn't? I like forget everything else. Like maybe like one more defensive stop. Like it's just not enough, you know. It, yeah, and, and it's, it's and the same thing with DSJ. Like, what does he get you? Like, you, you know, th- two more defensive stops. Like then, and then you know, like I, I don't. And that's one more offensive. Yeah, maybe a, like a, 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 two offensive penetrations. Like it's just not enough to move that needle that you're gonna take the guy's spot. That's my quickly, issue. So for yeah. And here's the thing: quickly solidified. He drew three, four fouls yesterday. Easy, like easy money. This kid is a vet, and I like easy money. Like he, he's not getting out of the rotation. He, that's how you lock. That's how you lock yourself into a rotation by playing that level. And if we're gonna be honest, if Frank wants to enter, you know, Bullock, Bullock, he would have to take Bullock's position. Quite honestly, that that's where it have to be, and that's where he would have to play what Bullock does. And quite honestly, I think Frank. Is best at that position. All right, so you heard it here first. Like the so that's it. Like, are we off the Frank as a point guard uh, bandwagon? Because no. like, honestly, yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, we have to be. We have to be he, because he's like, we're gonna have to play him like he's Ben Simmons without the without the point guard, like without the you running the floor. You know what I mean? Because like that's what the whole thing about Ben Simmons was first year. Like, oh, he stinks. He can't be a point guard because he can't shoot, and they're playing away from him. You know, like Frank, but he's big and he can play defense and he's smart. And, you know, and he's lengthy. So let's play him at forward. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's what they were doing. Obviously, they're not in the same conversation. Like, Ben Simmons is one of my favorite players in the NBA. I would do anything for Ben Simmons on my team. So, like, that's a whole separate situation. <laughs> but, but like, that, 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 that really is the only way. I completely agree with you. I, I haven't even thought about it like that because there's, there's 10 players, dude, and that's without Peyton. And you're going to have to throw Peyton in. You see what he did. So we have 11 guys in our rotation right now if everyone's healthy. And literally, that is not including DSJ and Frank. Like, Red alert, dude. Red alert. Like that's an issue. Like you guys, you guys don't have a spot anymore. Like you guys don't have, a, you guys don't have a place to he, work. And that's what, this is what Frank. Like, Frank has to now become a consistent knockdown shooter 
And honestly, it's not, if if Frank wants to play, and this is what Alan Hahn spoke about when he went on, you know, a friend of the podcast, CP show, and said Frank fancied his, himself as a point guard. He's not a point guard because people don't know what's coming. And we see it, whether it's like he hasn't done it that much this season, whether it's picking the ball up at half court. But there's indecisiveness when it comes to him when he wants to attack. And you have to know, like, there has to be some sort of internal clock that just clicks where it's like, all right, I, I pass it to these guys, these plays. Now it's my turn. All right. Clearly, they're not doing anything. Let me try to figure it out and get something going that's actually reasonable or, or just take an open shot. And he's not doing that. And if you're going to control the ball and you can't even take an open shot, well, then you're not a point guard. Okay. Get, get it out. But I think Bullock is the sh- shot for him. If he can, t- that's, that's the spot for him, man. Honestly, they're the same, they're the same height. If Frank can shoot, de- shoot threes more consistently than Bullock and be aggressive when it comes to that spot, that's the only spot I see for him now moving forward. That's it. And if he can't do that, I'm sorry, everyone. I do not see him on this team moving forward. I, I like gone. they already didn't extend him and they're, it's, they're it's, gone. It, it's gone. over. Okay. DSJ is over. That, that's easy. Yeah. DSJ, DSJ and Frank are gone, dude. They're, they're, I think I, like I, it's the first time I said it out loud. Like I, it's over. Like I really think that they're going to be traded. The, 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 where I bring that back a little bit though, like since I just said that out loud for the first time is that what if quickly gets another hit pointer? Like just falls. Now, you know what I'm saying? What if Burks is, is going to have this weird, you know, in and out healthy season? What if Barrett misses, you know, and gets hurt because he's in, you know, something's wrong with him injured? What if Peyton? You know, falls off. Now we literally have no bodies, you know, at these positions. So, like, that's the one thing that, like, is, is like a slow my roll type deal because we don't know how about everyone's availability. Because obviously, you know, but it, it, as it stands, if Obi's healthy, you know, I mean, we're assuming that Obi's going to be healthy, but like nobody else, you know, we're just assuming, of course, mm-hmm. uh, health, which in the NBA we know is not going to work out, especially for rookies, dude, especially for rookies. So I agree with you. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be surprised if we really don't see many minutes from DSJ and Frank anymore. And guess what, dude? We really haven't been in the beginning, even when they were healthy. And we were complaining about it, right? Yeah. We were complaining, yeah, no, like, where's was, Frank? Where's Frank? It was, it was, Let's get him in the yeah. game. Let's get DSJ in the game. Or why is DSJ getting minutes? Like, And they were healthy, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and the thing is, like, you know, I trust Thibodeau to make that determination, right? And we can then, and we can just make, and we can move on from this at the end. If we have if, him. We have a coach, dude. We have a coach. We have a coach, and you we are, trust if, him. We have to trust Thibodeau, okay? If we see what Julius Randle is doing from last season, you damn well better believe he's seeing what Frank and DSJ can do, and he's going to trot them out. Yeah, and Mitch, and all. You could stuff. tell. You, you could. You could tell. You could tell that Mitch knows how to play basketball better. Not that he's necessarily a better basketball player. Like, he didn't, like, gain, like, some crazy skill. You know what I mean? Like, but you could tell that he plays basketball with a higher IQ. And what else can you ask for? Yeah, man. And that's what I'm saying. Like, at the end of the day, like, we're going to trust Thibodeau. If we don't see these guys, we're trusting that Tiz makes the right decision. And let me, let's be honest. Tiz is not here to do the whole rebuild, develop, tank games that some people wanted. Um, he's here to win games. And you're going to develop that way. You're going to compete. You gotta win. You have to win. That and honestly, that's the best development possible. So if we don't see Frank, if we don't see DSJ, then so be it. And I want those guys to succeed. But to be real, as a fan, like if they're not, if they're not it, they're not it. And let's move on. We 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 we've harped on these guys for too long. Uh, 
Because we got new hey, games, baby. Game. We got new games. We got new yeah, games coming, no. baby. It's all and over. Now we, we get it. We're 500. We're 500. Uh, let's move on. And by saying we talked about too much, not necessarily right now, but just for so many years, we talked about those guys for so much. It's, but whatever. Let's move on to now the games and wrap this. <laughs> if, DSJ, if, DSJ, if DSJ could hook us up with a, with a nice, like, I don't know. Like, we're going to get to it. We're going to get to the Hornets later, but Malik Monk is upset with minutes. Like, if DSJ and Frank are upset, we're, we're in the same terrible class. Like, we're just, we're, everyone's just rotating. You know, like, everyone's just literally rotating teams in that I class. About, I don't know how Malik I feel Monk. about Malik Monk. I don't know how I feel about Malik Monk. I have to look at him even further to even see. Like, I don't know. Give me Malik. Man. He's I a shooter, dude. He's a shooter. Yeah. It's That's fine. If he need. wants to be, if he, if, but he's a, he's an undersized shooting guard. Then at that point, like, are you asking yeah. him also to play some point guard minutes? That's my. That's no, my no, 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 no. I just need him to, you know, like be a sh- like when we're over twenty seven uh, from three. Oh, this guy, maybe he could score three. But like when we were zero twenty seven from three, there was literally nobody else to call. Like you know, like I was like looking at the bench, like, oh, let's bring this guy to shoot. Like, no, that's it. Like, what are you gonna do? Start pulling up with Randall from three? Like, okay, here, just start pulling. Like, you can't. Like, you need an actual shooter. Like, if we had like a maxi. You know what I mean? Of course, like we we have you know different stuff going on, but something like that. But the first game back, we're playing a bunch of shooters, dude, and it's gonna be really hard to keep up with them. Like they don't play defense. The Hawks don't play defense. That's our first game coming. Um, this, it, it it would be played yesterday, the day after. Like this pod's gonna come out Tuesday after Tuesday. The the Hawks games on Monday, so we're gonna be a little talking. We're talking a little bit in the future, and you already know what happened. But let's just like really quick, you know, go over that. Dude, they, they have a lot of shooters and we don't, okay? And we play defense and they don't. So it's really going to be a game of who who is controlling the tempo. If, the, if the, we're playing a Knicks basketball game where we hold them down like the Pacers, a Thibodeau defensive game, like a Jeff Van Gundy defense, like that's just the way, the way we're going to have to play it. And that's going to be the Knicks like identity, which makes me so happy. And on opposite side, if it's if we're playing the Hawks type of basketball, where it's like shooting and just like modern NBA, like just hitting baskets, like running the floor, we're gonna get creamed out there. Yeah, it's um, it's gonna be an interesting game because one right now, Knicks are actually good at defending the three ball. Uh, shout out to Vivek, uh, he writes for the Daily Knicks and he's part of the Knicks Film School uh, crew. He pointed out that we were top in guarding the three, but it's kind of flukish in the manner that teams actually been just sucking against us too, even for like wide open shots. So it's going to be uh, a challenge to guard the Hawks because Trey Young, Gallo, Bogged, Bogey. Uh, I think, think Gallo's hurt. Gallo's hurt. No, hurt. Surprise, surprise, surprise. But yo, Bogey's been unbelievable, dude. Dude, it's going to be a tough matchup between this for this team. And we're looking at Collins, who just had a strong game. Woo! It's, you know, it's to be honest be with you, we match up. up, we match up well against wings. I know we don't actually have like a wing for ourselves. Yeah. Right. I know, I know Alan Allen was actually talking about that's what we're really missing is like a Reggie Bullock that's really good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, a, like, I can't explain, like a James Posey, but like really, really, really good. <laughs> like, I, I can't, I don't know, like, here you go. Here you go. Here, here, here's who's day to day and out for this game. Gallo is out. Your boy Tony Snell is out, and Onyeka Onkangwu is also out. So they don't have their rookie. Uh, Rondo and Herder are day to day. Shocker that Rondo is day to day. Not really. <laughs> yo, uh, dude. If Rondo, did you see Rondo play though? Rondo is an actual yo, Ron- problem. <laughs> yo. Yeah, Rondo. 
Rondo, yo, Rondo's been staying in shape. He's he's that guy that I sheesh, that if you're a player, if you're a guardian at the matchup with him, good lord. Good lord. I feel bad. If he's out there and quickly has to guard him, good gracious. Oh my god, that's gonna be tough. That's that will be a tough game. What do you think, man? What do you think about this Hawks game? There's no spread on there's no spread on this game. There's nothing right now. So if you want if you want to take a guess at that, we can do that. Or just like how you, how you guess you want this game will go, we can do that as well. It's gonna. Uh, it's. I can go first. I, I'm not putting it on the spot. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll start. I'll start. I'll start. We're gonna have to be tough defensively. That's really what it comes down to for this game. We're yeah. gonna have to hold these guys to around a hundred points if we're gonna have a Yo. shot at winning. Yeah, you're right. You're totally right. You're totally that's, right. That, that's that's how this game is gonna have to be won. Uh, if they can't do that, it's an easy L for the Knicks, uh, just because. It, it, they're shooters, man. They got shooters all over the place. We don't. <laughs> we can't. We can't yeah. keep up with this. Yeah. We're probably we're probably gonna be able to, you know, match up decently in the post and in the paint. Randall can probably take Collins just because of his size. Mitch and uh, is Capella should is probably should be playing. Um, I didn't see him on yeah. the list, so that should be an interesting. Uh, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about this game as well. I'm I'm pretty nervous about this game. Like in terms of winning and losses, not like. As if it has some crazy implication. I'm just like, you know, like once, like at 650, whatever, I'm going to be nervous about this game. Yeah. This is going to be the tough game to, to try to pull a W out of. If we do, man, I'm going to start. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm really going to oh, yeah. get hyped. It's okay. So, it's so this is a little, this is a little like a uh, little, uh, gambling trick. So we call it correlation. So if you think the Knicks are going to win this game, you got to take the under. You got to take the Knicks on mm-hmm. the under. If you think the Hawks are going to win this game, you take the Hawks in the over. Because they're going to drop so many damn buckets on us. It's going to be ridiculous and we're not going to be able to stop it. I really do think we're going to be able to put a clamp on them. Weirdly as it sounds. Because, you know what? We have pretty good defensive guards when there's a game plan. Okay? Like, I think if we game plan against Bogey, like, we're not going to be able to game plan against Trey Young. Unless it be, he, he's, he's really good. Okay? Like, he's... He, he really is Steph Curry light. We all laughed at it when they said it coming out when he was at Oklahoma. We all laughed about that. He really is Steph Curry light. Okay. He really, he's nasty. Uh, Bogdanovich can be stopped. Okay. He's a, he's a beast and he, he gets a lot of shots up. And I really think he's their X factor. The centers, the power forwards, like it's going to be a big Mitch Robinson game state, you know, same old deal. Don't get into foul trouble. What's your actual prediction on this game? I, I, honestly, I think the line is going to be like something like minus five and a half Hawks. Mm. Um, which is going to be I close. Guess. I think that too. I think that's going to be a. Cl- I think like that's like that's a close bet. Like I don't know what I would take there. I probably I take think, the Knicks with the points. I think it's going to be close as well. I think that's a that's an appropriate number to have for this game. Sadly, I don't. It's tough. Obviously, like as a Knicks fan, I want them to win. I want them to always exceed my expectations. Sure. I just it's sure. hard to see. It's hard to see them beating the Hawks. Man, it's it's a lot of guys to cover. It's a lot of guys to cover. I, I don't know if this team is. I think quickly and Rivers are going to be fine. Um, it'll be a tough defensive game. It's 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 actually it's not even covering. I think defensively we'll be fine. We'll have our lapses here and there. It's keeping up scoring wise. Is everyone going to be shooting that night? If we can, if everyone's sh- on that night shooting wise, we'll keep up. And I, I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna keep up offensively, dude. I think we have to clamp on them and we'll keep up defensively. And to be honest, I think it could happen. I think the Hawks are. I think the Hawks are 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 um, 
What's the word? I think if you play defense against the Hawks team, you you could kind of like uh, fluster them. Hmm. All right, and I think I think we game plan against them. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say I'm gonna give the Knicks a W versus the Hawks. Okay. All right, they've been kind of riding high, and and we're obviously riding super high for no reason. We're on a we're on a one game winning streak. Like you know what I mean? Like we we actually we won the champion. We're on a one game winning streak. Like nothing's too crazy. Like I think we could build off that and and beat a, a, a Hawks team who might be slightly overrated right now. Slightly. Yeah. I like them a lot. I like them a lot. I love them, but slightly overrated. Yeah, I wouldn't uh I, I could see it because they just played the Cavs. It went 96-91 and they took the L against the Cavs. So, I could see us beating them, but if we look at these games that they've played like, against the Bulls, they put up 124 against the Grizzlies 122, Pistons 128, Nets uh, uh that was overtime 145 when they played the Nets again 114. These guys put up points. We the Nets game, the Nets game, the Nets games were crazy. The 145 game was nuts. The other games, dude, they really didn't play against the point guard. And I remember, I got because like we've been watching those games, like with league pass and everything. Um, and we love the NBA. I mean, they really didn't play any point guards when the second game with the split with the Nets. I, I mean, you just knew that the, the 145 game was so insane that the next game was gonna be like an under game. Like you just knew it was gonna happen, you know. And honestly, they didn't play any teams that are. Great defensively. Good. You could just say good. It's okay. We know. You didn't yeah, play any good teams. <laughs> I mean, great defensively. Like Memphis, probably. But John Morant, was, was Ja there? Uh, I know he's hurt now, but I don't, I'm not sure no, if he was there during that I game. Think, I, don't think, I don't think he was there during that game. So I, I could see the Knicks being in this one. It's tough. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to do? With- yes. I want to say yes. I'll go with yes. I'll say. I'll you go with say, the W's. We both I'll, got I'll the, go w. the W. Yeah, I'll go with the W. It's gonna be okay. tough though. Okay, fine, All right, fine, fine. Next, next, next one. Uh, Knicks uh, versus the Jazz. They'll be home against the Jazz. Uh, this game, I'm actually not too intimidated by the Jazz. I actually think this is another game that the Knicks can win. Um, the Jazz aren't necessarily high scoring, a high scoring team. They uh, they barely got out against the Thunder. They got demolished against the Suns. Um, you know, they barely beat the Clippers. They got the Spurs this week, and they lost to the Timberwolves. I think we can actually beat the Nuggets too, man. I don't think the Nuggets are that difficult. Okay, whoa, well, okay, okay. Let's let's think, let's, we, let's, let's take it one game at a time. Let's take it one game at a time. Let's let's, let's and, stick with the with the Yaz. Let's stick with the Yaz. That's what I'm saying. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, talk about this oh, game. I'm talking about, I was oh. talking about the. I was talking about who the Jazz just played up. Oh. Um, yeah, that's who the Jazz played. Uh, sorry if I wasn't clear. Um, I think, man, like, we're going to beat the Thunder, too. We're going to beat the Jazz and the Thunder. Like, yo, we're about to beat the Hawks. <laughs> I'm like, let's take it easy. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think we could beat the Jazz. That's what I'm saying. Looking at who the Jazz just played, I think I think we have actually – I think we have a, a legitimate shot to beat the Jazz. They lost to the, the Wolves and the Suns. They barely got out against the Thunder. Uh, barely got out against the Clippers. And – you know, they, they smoke the Trailblazers, but the Trailblazers, who's been hyped about defense, there's been not a lot of defense. So we play defense pretty, yeah. you know, we play above average defense. We play some solid to good defense. I think we can keep up with this team. Who you got to worry about? Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson. I'm not too, I'm not, Jordan Clarkson could put up 20 on us, but he's not going to cover anyone defensively. Connolly is a good guard, but I don't think he's, you know, he's not someone you have to worry about and game plan around every single night. So I think this is a team that I think if we're lucky, we could actually come out with 
two wins. But I definitely think I definitely see us beating the Jazz more so than the Hawks. To be honest. All right, I'm. I'm. We're on opposite sides here because I am actually really? very. I'm very worried about the Jazz. Uh, mm. I think the Jazz are are a legitimate team. Uh, they they just come up the Clippers win. They lost to the Suns, who are five and one right now. Like they are legit. Yeah. The Suns, like you were saying, are legit. They took care of the Thunder. Yeah, they lost to the Wolves, but they took care of everything else. You know what I mean? Like they took care of the Blazers. Like they're 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 pretty infallible. You know what I mean? Like they they lost to the Suns. Like okay, I, I think we are recording. Uh, right before the Jazz Spurs game on Sunday, I do, and the the Jazz are favored. I do think the Spurs are going to win this game. So I I think the Spurs are going to beat the Jazz this game, and then the the Jazz go on a road trip. They go to Brooklyn on Tuesday, and then they go versus the Knicks on Wednesday. I kind of see the Jazz. I mean, like especially if they lose to the Nets, dude. There's a hundred percent chance they're being they're gonna kill us on you know on that back to back. I really do think yeah. that. But really, reg- honestly, almost regardless of how the Nets game goes, I really think they're gonna beat us. But we are the the one caveat is we're smashed between the Nets and the Bucks. But the Bucks game is on that Friday, so the Jazz are kind of on a, the the Jazz are kind of on this uh, home home uh, on this away schedule where they're at San Antonio on Sunday, they're in Brooklyn Tuesday. In New York Wednesday, and then they're going to Milwaukee on Friday. So we are kind of jammed in the middle of kind of like an advantageous schedule there. I just really don't see it, dude. They have they have more players um, than just uh, Gobert and Mitchell. Remember that guy Mike Connolly that we wanted to trade for? But I just said, but he's not someone you necessarily have to game plan for as long as our guards are playing. You know, I'm more I'm more worried about Trey Young putting forty on us than I am Mike Connolly. Uh, coming out here and asking uh, the team to run through him because that's not that's not real. It's going to run through Donovan Mitchell. So, you know what I'm more worried about? You know what I'm more worried about? I'm not even like being annoying. Derek Favors coming and and getting like 2020 because who's going to guard him? Like if Gobert is on the floor, who's going to guard Derek Favors, dude? You know what I'm saying? And, and, that, and, that, and that's who like to be honest. That's who killed the Clippers. I know he didn't have like a cre- he didn't have like a crazy stat line. I think actually I think it was like a double double. Like he was like he was like a, a quiet like fourteen points, like ten or eleven boards. You know what I mean? Like, it's just quiet. Like nobody's talking about favors, but he's the he's the killer, dude. And as you know, as like a super Knicks fan, you know, we watch all these games and all these like terrible players just ruin the Knicks. It's always like the power forward. We you know it's always like that guy is just eating boards, eating offensive rebounds, just get, getting points on us. And then somebody like Mitchell, who's gonna stop him? Like when you when you get deflated, you know what I mean. When you get deflated by Derek Favors and Gobert, and then you have Mitchell and Conley running the floor, it's just too much for Emmanuel quickly and RJ Barrett. You know what I'm trying to say? That, 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 that's how my perspective is. But when you talk about Trey Young and Bogdan and like these guys, like Hunter, like we can we can we can play basketball with those guys. You know what I mean? Like they can have off nights. We can bother them. They can miss. You know what I mean? They're kind of on and off. To me, the Jazz are more you. like a professional like. They know they're on a professional road trip. They might, they, they're, they're really doing really well in the standings. They know they have to win these games. They're kind of stuck between the Nets and the Bucks, which are hard games. Like they know they just have to beat the Knicks. You know what I mean? Like we, we cannot go lose to the Knicks. And to be honest with you, if we have the Pacers win and the Hawks close game, the Jazz just feels like a L, like a straight Knicks L, like a Raptors L, <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah. I can hear you on that. Um, that's fine. I, 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 I hear what you're saying. And 
I think it would still be a tight game against Utah. It's one of those two games, man. Honestly, it's one of those two games that the Knicks are going to lose. And obviously, we're, I'm more hesitant on us beating Atlanta than us being in the Jazz. But it's going to be one of those two games that we lose. The one that we should win is this one against Oklahoma City. That should be a no. That really doesn't. That one should be an easy W for this team. Yeah. The way they're. This is not the Knicks of like last year. Totally different team. Thibodeau coaching them, holding these dudes accountable. I see us going in there against a rebuilding franchise. Legitimately, I don't see anyone that should. Uh, th- this is the game the Knicks should and have to win. Okay, because the slate just gets harder and harder. Uh, the schedule just gets harder and harder as the season continues. So they really have to take <laughs> take down the Thunder, and I think they will take down the Thunder. I don't think there's much that that will go into this, uh, just thinking wise. Because yeah, who, who do they like? Who do they have? Honestly, like who who do they have that they're that they're relying on? Uh, uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Okay, you got George Hill. George, he's been killing. I mean, they, you got they, Lou they, Dort. They, they got. They have a. They have a. They play basketball. They play basketball as like a team squad. They don't. Yeah. They play. They play. They play like the Spurs or the Hawks. You know, of old. Um, they. They're not. They're not really like giving you superstars, but they're gritty. I. But I, again, to be honest with you, the everybody was complaining about um, the NBA schedule makers hating the Knicks. Another team, dude. Another team. They're giving us like right in the middle of a of a big. Road trip. So they were in Orlando on Saturday. They got Miami on Monday. They got New Orleans on Wednesday. And then they're coming to New York on Friday. And then they're staying, you know, uh, you know, till Sunday in Brooklyn. Like they're, yeah. they're on the road. Like we're, you know, like th- th- that should be an easy, you're right. They, that should be an easy win for us. They, they just beat the Magic. They're probably gonna, hopefully they, they're probably gonna lose to the Heat. And hopefully, you know, they play competitive versus the Pelicans and we just kill them. You know, on Friday, Friday night Knicks, start, you know, get me that beat going. Like on Friday night Knicks, coming off a jazz loss, honestly, in my, in like with all, all realistic purposes. You know what I mean? The jazz are one of the best teams in the West. And like we, you know, we're supposed to win 20 games. Like, you know, it's just realistic. So for me, like coming off that L, give me that Thunder W on a Friday, like going into the weekend with the Nuggets and Hornets. Like that's how, that's how that feels to me. So give me, give me a two optimistic two and one, depending on the Hawks. So the Thunder's an easy W for me. The Jazz is an easy L for me, and the Hawks is really going to be my uh, my scale turner for the week for the Knicks. Okay, okay, I I I, I can see that. I, I'm more on the side of the Knicks going two and one this week as well. I feel like they're going to beat either the Hawks or the Jazz. Like I said, I can see Let's a go. squeezing one out against the Hawks, but if it has between those two. It's probably the Jazz for me over the Hawks, but I can see us going two and one, and I'll and I'll put it at that. I don't see us going uh, straight winning through the the entire week. That would be crazy. I will, we will raise a banner in MSG. We'll, John <laughs> yeah. and I will break it to MSG and raise a banner if that happens. But John, yeah, so, you, you so both two and one, we're both two and one, both two and one, and you pointed out we got two other games before uh, you know we our our next Knicks episode drops. We got the Nuggets, right? We got the Nuggets on Sunday, and we got the Hornets on Monday. Um, I think we should beat the Hornets uh, between those two teams. I think that's a team that we can, that we should beat. The Nuggets, they are skidding right now. They are, they, they're, I, I don't know what's wrong with them. They're scut, they're skidding. They're not playing like they were the, in the Western Conference final that we just saw in the bubble. But I see us actually losing to this team. Um, 
honestly, I think I I think that the Nuggets they're going to get to the point where it's like it, it, we got to put up or shut up, and I it, they're going to look at the Knicks like this is the put up or shut up game. Like we cannot lose to the Knicks because Jokic <laughs> is going to be a problem for Noel or or Mitch. Oh, and, and, I love him. Just I love him. And I love Murray, I love Nikola Jokic with all my heart. And who's guarding <laughs> who's guarding Jamal Murray? Honestly, that's these are two guys that you just, you have to game plan for. Those are the two guys. So that's going to be the tough one for me. You're right. You're right about that in a nutshell about the Nuggets. However, they got the Timberwolves today and then the Timberwolves mm-hmm. on Tuesday. Back to back. They're going to crush them both times. Uh, I think with Cats out as well, they're going to crush them. It's not going to be a classic NBA split. Maybe for spread-wise, but win-wise, they're going to win both those games. Then they're staying at home. They got Dallas coming in. <laughs> Dallas. We'll talk about Dallas later. <laughs> Nuggets uh, are going to yeah. beat Dallas. <laughs> Nuggets are going to beat Dallas. And then the Nuggets are at Philly on a Saturday. That could be a problem. That could be a problem for Philly. Like, Nuggets could beat them. And then the, then they got the back-to-back versus the Knicks on a Sunday matinee. In a nutshell, Sunday matinee at Madison Square Garden, that is an L by 45 points for the Knicks. Okay? <laughs> like that, I'm telling you right now, an, a Sunday matinee for the Knicks is a 45-point loss. Okay? And I don't care who you are. I don't care what you think about that. That is, that is, that is fact. Okay? But coming off a back-to-back for the Nuggets, an opposite-day Sunday where – Almost every Sunday, look at the underdogs in the NBA, man. I call it opposite day Sunday. I, I love underdogs on Sundays. Just like the Spurs are going to beat the, the Utah Jazz today. Coming off of back-to-back in, in this weird season, man, I could see the Knicks actually winning this crazy game versus the Nuggets. To be honest with you, it's okay. insane. It's insane, and there's no logic. There's literally no logic. It has to, like, we'll see how it all happens. But it is opposite day Sunday. We're really far away at the moment. I could see this being a win just because of I see the Nuggets going on an absolute streak right now. I don't see them losing until we meet them. So if that's the okay. case, I, I do think that they could actually fall down on a Sunday coming off like four solid games, you know, solid W's and then taking the L from the Sunday and then moving on to next week, you know? Okay. Because then they, they right. have Brooklyn as well. Almost every team we're playing has Brooklyn on the back-to-back after us or before us. So the Nuggets play us on Sunday and then they're, they're hanging out in Brooklyn till Tuesday. It's very interesting. You know what I mean? So, like, people are going to be looking. It's going to really depend on how these teams are, like, what they're doing during this time, how they're looking at both teams. Like, the the NBA trap game is a real, real, real thing. No, that's for sure. So, it'll be interesting. That's actually interesting you brought brought that up. That If the Nuggets do win back-to-back and you got to play Brooklyn, too. And they did that because of the scheduling, right? Because teams who are coming over to – it's like, all right, if we're, if we're going to New York, might as well – Go play the Nets. Quarantine, okay? yeah, it's quarantine yeah. in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're going to play the New York team. Why don't you go play this hipster team that just moved over from Jersey? Why not? Okay, they got they got some so, weird colors. They're they're fun. I don't know what that is over there. They're just <laughs> yo. They're actually, uh, we're t- well, well, they're they're a division team that's tied with us, Alex. That's all. That's all they are. Oh, and guess who? They're eight, and we're seven. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. All right, let's, um, let's get that. Let's get that all in while we can, man. Let's get that all yeah, in while we well, can. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta get the digs while we can because it's not gonna last long. But yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying about the Nuggets. So we'll, that game will be interesting. And like I said, I think we should beat Charlotte. Charlotte isn't too much of an intimidating team. Uh, so yeah, we'll yeah, know they're, more they're, about they're the Charlotte game. game. We'll know more about Charlotte game. We'll be back on Sunday talking about it. It'll be uh, like the Hawks. It'll be like uh, off on that. But yeah, hopefully, hopefully the Hornets is a W. 
And maybe we're uh, discussing a little uh, DSJ Malik Monk around that time. Who knows? Who knows? I would love that trade, dude. I would love that trade. Yeah, yeah. I I I, I got to think about it. I got to sit down and actually think about that one. I'm not too gung ho like you are. Got to think about that one. Um, not necessarily because I'm worried about giving up DSJ. I don't know if I necessarily want Malik Monk. Malik Monk. That's yeah. I really I really uh, liked him in college, so I I don't know. Yeah. Jordan ruined them. You know, it's just like when people come on the Knicks, or you know, or players come on the Knicks. Oh, okay, it's just an organization. Like I'm sure he's fine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no one nearly talks about no, no no one talks enough about how bad of an owner Michael Jordan is, but it shouldn't be talked about. But anyway, John, let's go. Let's take a little break, and then we'll come back and wrap this pot up with the etc. All right, everybody, and we're back with the et cetera section. And enough Knicks talk, as much as we love our beloved Knicks. The Eastern Conference has been totally wacky, man. Like, like the Bucks and the Heat are not making the playoffs right now. The Raptors are one of the worst teams in the league. I don't know what's happening. The Magic and the Cavs are, you know, on top. So some, some, some pretty wacky uh, things. But, of course, like the point differential and all that will work itself out. Uh, the Bucks are have the highest point differential in the East, but they're not in the playoffs right now. They're ninth. It'll it, it'll all um, even itself out, I think. In my opinion, what 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 do you what do you see as the biggest? Uh, um, I don't want to say surprise right now because for sure it's hard to say. Like, okay, this is a surprise that the Bucks aren't there, or the Heat are not there. But uh, have you seen like a a surprise not standing wise, just like basketball wise from the Eastern Conference? I think it, you said it right. The East has been wacky to start off, but we've seen this all the time. It, it's going to shake out evenly later as the season goes on. But I think the team that really is standing out to me has to be the Toronto Raptors, the one that the team that beat us. Um, just because they only got one win and they got four losses, man. What? That is interesting, man, because that's a team that, you know, they won two years ago. We thought they were going to take a step back because they lost Kawhi, but then Spicy P uh, took a step last year moving forward, and now they're starting off one and four. You know, in the NBA, you can't lose too many games at the beginning of the season because you it's really hard to dig yourself out of that hole. You have to stay close to 500 when you start off the season because otherwise it's just difficult to come back. So for them, that's the team that has really, I guess, thrown me for a loop. You know, and I guess if we had to throw another one in there, it's the Washington Wizards because, you know, everyone was talking about Russell Westbrook uh, being the guy that should have came to the Knicks. And I'm not saying it's all over yet, but one in five is not really selling me on we really needed this guy. So I guess those are the two teams. What about you, John? Dude. The Wizards are who we thought they were. That's the best way I could put it. Like I, we, <laughs> if you really thought that this was gonna be like a real thing with Westbrook, like I, I really have no time to have a conversation with you. And honestly, like the the Pistons being where they are too, with all these power forwards, like they did exactly what the Knicks did last year. Like guys, don't you like read the newspaper? Like aren't you watching what the Knicks did? Like like I don't understand. Like why would you do the same thing? So, um, the the bottom of the conference is kind of is what I thought they were. The Raptors is interesting, man. They had their they had a couple close games like versus the 76ers who are on top of the East right now. Uh Doc mm-hmm. Rivers probably smoking a cigar somewhere. So I'm the man, I'm the man. 
Dude, he's a he's a he's a he's a lowercase f fraud. Like I just don't I just don't think that he's gonna hold this uh, 76ers squad. He's a beautiful coach when they're winning, and uh, not so much when they're losing. You know what I mean? Like he can hold it down um, when the squad is good and everything is fantastic. He can hold down the egos, but he's not he's not a t- he can't go to this Knicks team and do what Tibbs is doing. It's just not gonna work out. But to be well, honest with they, you, I don't I don't know if Tips can go to a superstar team and hang out with like superstars and like chill with them. You know what I mean? He's gonna be he's gonna be on them. Like, yo, get ready for practice tomorrow. They'd be like, alright, chill. Like we're we're yeah. gonna drop 40 tomorrow. Just hang out. But, <laughs> but that's why, you know, we will get I know this is the extended portion, but let's look at what the Knicks are doing, right? We see with Woodson, uh Payne, Bryant, guys who are more relatable, guys who are down to earth, whatever you want to call it. Uh Evening out th- uh, Thibodeau is a pronounced way to uh, – proper. It, it confuses me how you're supposed to pronounce his last name. And Doc Rivers, when he was coaching the Celtics, who was on his staff, Thibodeau. You have Tibbs and you have uh, Rivers evening it out of being relatable, holding players accountable, X's and O's, whatever. Those guys came together and helped that team. And I think you're right. I think, but you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the 76ers do well. Look, we had it with the Clippers last season too, that they did so well. So I wouldn't be surprised if the 76ers did well. The question is, are they going to win it all? That's the bigger question. I don't necessarily think they will. Um, but yeah, man, this, the bottom of this, bottom of the barrel of the league, besides the Raptors are, you know, I, I expected the Bulls to be down there. I expected the Hornets to be down there. I expected the Pistons to be down there. Honestly, I expected the Wizards to have a few more wins than this by now, but the only person that's bothering me on the Wizards that really is not who I thought he was is Bertans, dude. He is stinking it up right now. Bertans is playing so bad, and I really expected more from him. So if there's one guy I think is going to even this thing out a little bit, um, it's going to be Bertans. And don't let it don't let it think it slipped on me that the only W so far has come when Westbrook was sitting down. Just saying. Okay. But but um. We got the we got an interesting game coming out the day this uh, pod comes out with the bottom of the league Raptors versus the top of the West Phoenix Suns who is who have been very very impressive. Uh, well, how do you think that game is going to go? Because I I think it's going to go exactly how it should go and not how the, you know the twenty twenty one season says it's going to go. I think the Raptors are going to crush the Suns because really. Yeah, I think they're matched up really well against them, right? Like, I think Spicy P is going to come back and actually be a player, even though the history does not say that. Since the bubble, he shot, like, 30%, like, horrible, horrible. But, yeah, like, Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet, dude, if you if your strength is your backcourt, you're not going to have a good time versus Toronto. Like, that, that's, that, that's just how I view it. So if you have other strengths, like if your strength is like anywhere else, you're going to have a good time against Toronto. Like that that that's really how I uh, see them playing this year. So Phoenix Nah, I see I see Raptors taking that game. Interesting. I can see the Suns taking this game just because one CP3 is going to it's a CP3 effect like we saw with OKC, right? As long as he's on the court, I'm confident in that. And I think the the I think the Suns are more they're a more well-rounded team that than given credit for, you know, I like how McCall Bridges is playing. I like the backup in uh, Javon Carter. I like how uh, DeAndre Ayton is coming along. His defense is really taking another level. Uh, I, I just like how this team is really just gelling. And they still got Dario Sarcher coming off the bench, who's solid. You know, they got uh, Jalen Smith, 
after they lost Aaron Baines just to solidify their bigs. I'm, I'm liking it. And Langston Galloway's been playing pretty well for this team too, man. Like, I, yeah, I, I like shout it. Shout out. I, not, shout out Langston Galloway. Yeah, I, I'm liking Reminds this team. Q-tip. <laughs> With the hairstyle? It's just like the way he talks and the way he is. Like, I know he's from New Orleans, though, but he, he, he I don't know. He always reminds me of Q-tip. Okay. I just think, I, I think the, I think the Suns are, are, are a solid team and I like what they're doing. Like even Cameron Johnson's playing well. Jay Crowder's been a, a solid piece for them too. Um, I'm liking it. And I know Jalen Smith hasn't gotten like a, a ton of playing time. He's only gotten like 10 minutes, but I, I like he's averaging 10 minutes a game, but I, I'm liking what I'm seeing just for the little bit of time he's on the court. Um, I think, okay. I think they just are a solid team. I think it's okay. not, I don't think it's as easy. I think the Raptors are going to lose to them too. I think, the, I okay. think the Suns are going to come in there and make, keep making a statement. Sure. You think they'd be six and one or maybe even more? I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to be, um, they have a game before that. Oh, they're playing, uh, oh, they're playing the Clippers, uh, today, Sunday. And then their next game would be Wednesday. Uh, Ooh, that's so, a good one. What do you think? So you, th- you think, you think, yeah. I don't think they'll the beat Clippers, the Clippers. The Clippers one I can see. I, the Clippers one I see more the Suns winning, to be honest with you, because of the CP3 effect. It's like, yo, I'm versus the Clippers. Like, I'm going to win this game. Like, that's more of a CP3 effect. Yeah, but it's, not, <laughs> but it's not the old Clippers like Doc and everyone else there. So I'm not sure if he really cares that much. The owner, dude. You care about the owner. That's what you care about. You don't true, care about the stupid coach. True, true, true. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I think the Clippers are... I can see the Clippers edging that one out, and I see them coming back and taking out the Raptors. They okay. got to lose one, and I think they're going to lose this one. So they're going to be six and two. Okay, I, I, I'm I'm with you on the six and on two, the- but just opposite. Okay, okay, that's fine. Um, but just before we go dive completely into the West, another big game uh, that day is the Heat Boss Heat Celtics, which is a huge game uh, for the East, especially because they're both like hang, you know, they're they're trying to get to where they're supposed to be, like the top of the East. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're starting to get moves. Boston, man, they, they're an interesting team to me. Uh, they're one of those teams that gets it together as the team goes. Tatum is absolutely unreal. Yo, Tatum. I love Tatum's game, man. <laughs> I know, I, really I know. Do. Me too. I love me his too. Game. They, they, I love they, his they game. got, they, they, they closed out a close one against Pistons, which, um, is not great. Of course, it's good that they got the W today. Uh, on Sunday, I really, 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 really love the Miami Heat. I think the Miami Heat are going to win the Eastern Conference, and I don't think it's going to be close. I'm okay. not even joking. I think they're going to absolutely murder the playoffs once they get in there, no matter what seed they're in. They look so good. Even on the games that they look bad in, like, you could just tell, like, it's going to be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, yeah, like, they're playing co- not cohesive. Like, as long as they stay healthy. Jimmy Butler's in and out. First game back, he played terrible. Always when a superstar comes back into the starting lineup, they play bad the first game back. I really think they, this is going to be a fantastic game for us to watch. I really think the Heat are going to take the Celtics. But in general, I love this Heat team. <laughs> like, I really, like, it hurts me to say as a Knicks fan, right? Like this is like completely just being an NBA fan. This Miami Heat team is, is going to be something to watch uh, this entire season and in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I could see the Heat winning it. I like the Heat, too, in that aspect of winning the league. 
or winning the Eastern Conference, I should say, uh, they, you know, you said it. Jimmy Butler's coming back. He's got to gel in. This is the beginning. This is their preseason, right? They're not fully gelled yet, but they're a good team. Same thing with the Bucks, man. Like, they're not technically in the playoffs yet based on the stands, but these are two, like, we're talking about teams that are just getting their footing and game back in. I do not see the Pacers being the second best team in the East. Let's, they're not going to be there. Okay. They stink. But, yo, Sabonis is a beast, but they stink. Yeah. And you were not going to see the Cavs and, the magic. Yeah, yeah, of course, either. of course, yeah, of course. We know this. Of course, we mentioned in the beginning the stat, the the standings are are a hoax. So we were just talking about, you know, how we actually felt about the actual basketball that's being played because that's that's actual real. Um, even right. though even though it's a pre, you know, quote unquote preseason, it is kind of real because the games do count and they are trying. You know what I mean? Like it, they mm-hmm. know it counts and so they are trying. But switching over to the Western Conference, like there's some really interesting stuff going on here too, man. Besides the Phoenix Suns being. Five and one, or maybe six and one after today. Like they're 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 at the top of the standings. The Pelicans are right behind them. Like who saw the, who saw that coming? Right, JJ Reddick complaining about practice, <laughs> um, you know, before the first game of the season. Like who saw this coming? Right. But dude, on the opposite side of that, the most surprising thing for me right now is Denver one and four. That's why I have them. We mentioned in the other section with the Knicks. Like that's why I think they're going on the four game winning streak. Like you know, they got the double double Timberwolf games coming up. They got a Philly game coming up, like then, they, and they also have Dallas in between there. I think these, are, I think they, these are four like almost must wins. Like they have to win three or four out of these four, for uh, sure. Because for like sure. they, I can't believe they're one and four, dude. And Michael Porter being out is not an excuse. No, and honestly, Michael Porter doesn't add that much on defense. He's just an offensive threat. Uh, you know, I, I, as you know, I cover the Nuggets for Hoops Habit, and I'm working on something right now cover for this team. They're just. It's really just relying on two people. And I, I can't believe that no one can tell me that Jeremy Grant was that key to this team. Like he made a good appearance during the playoffs, but it, you, and he adds serious defense. But do you Dude, think he's he really so changed? good on Detroit? He's so good on Detroit. I, when I watch Detroit, Jeremy Grant is so good. Like it, it's insane how good he is on what? Detroit. And that stuff is what bothers me, dude. Like I, you couldn't just keep him. I know he got a lot of money. I know he got a lot of money. He was, you he was, no, he was, they matched. The Nuggets matched what he got paid for Detroit. He got matched. He just chose Detroit. He just wanted a bigger offensive role. Oh, so what are we even talking about, dude? Why would he leave that team? He's so good. Why would he leave Denver? Because he wanted a big offensive role and Detroit was offering him that. And so they were like, we'll wow. feature you. He's so, being featured. He's, like, he is honestly, being, he, honestly, I, he has to be featured. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, honestly, then, then, then he did the right thing because when I watch Jeremy Grant, I want to pay him a lot of money. <laughs> I'm like, I want to pay him way more money than he's getting. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. if that was his goal to like get the next contract, then maybe he wasn't going to be able to do that on Denver with you know the Joker there and Murray and all their their, their you know he, he can tough. shine. I and Porter, I'm sure they're featuring him and all and yeah. RJ Hampton. And, like, I get all of it. So from his perspective, I get it because dude, when I watch him on Detroit, he's balling. He's balling. He, but he ha- but he has to. I mean, who else are you relying on in that team, though? Right? You got Blake, Jeremy. At that point, like you lost Christian Wood, so you replaced him with Jeremy Grant. Um, Christian which, Wood. Christian Wood's balling with with Wall and shout Houston, out, dude, absolute balling. Shout out to our guy Larry Hammond who came on the show who said, and he's been telling me like, "Yo, watch out for Christian Wood." I'm like, because he had a bold prediction like Christian Wood's going to be a twenty and ten guy. I'm just like, this guy's going to be a twenty. Well. Shutting me up. I, I didn't like 
Sometimes the numbers are deceiving in such a small sample size, but Christian Wood has been playing really well. But that's what happened. They lost him. They paid him the same amount that Denver did. Denver had a limited amount of cap space. They didn't have that much to work with. So, and he wanted to be featured, man. Because he's not going to get featured behind. He's going to be the third option or fourth option on on the Nuggets. So, I, I just I just can't believe that he played that. I, I knew he was important for the Nuggets to resign, to keep continuity, and to have something at the small forward, power forward position. But this is this is a complete change, man. I just can't believe that Jeremy Grant was that like that important. You know what I mean? That's that's the big takeaway. Like it was important yeah. to keep him, but he that is that important. Yeah, uh, I know. So, They'll get it together. They'll get it together. They will get it together. Next time, next time have, we talk. Next time we talk, and next time they play the Knicks, they're going to be if not five hundred, right there. Should be. They should be. But Nuggets are definitely a shocking one. I still have them to come out in the top. Uh, three, four of the Western Conference, um, just based on what they did last season. Uh, I guess another team that is interesting is the Warriors, man, because they're two of the three, but they're not really, they're not wooing me away with how they're playing. People believe, even I think they're considered a playoff team. I think they're going to get a spot, but the way they've been playing so far, really not having Clay Thompson is so, so big. And I, it's not saying I didn't know Clay was important. I thought Steph, I thought Steph, Kerr, everyone else could just help elevate the play of Kelly Oubre and Andrew Wiggins. And we really haven't dude, seen it, man. We really dude, have not seen it. It has to even out. I'm going to tell you why. If we're talking about evening out, if we really believe in this theory, as Jerry Seinfeld does in, 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 those, in those episodes, <laughs> if we really are believing in this theory, then it has to even out. He's talking about the Knicks being 8% for that stretch. Kelly Oubre himself is 8% from three right now. Like he like like he is absolutely atrocious right now. Like he has to even out, and he's playing pretty gritty. He's he's really filling up the stat sheet. He's getting all the categories like for your fantasy buffs. Like he, you know, I'm sure he's making like the 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 nerds on the Warriors like smile. You know what I mean on the defensive plays at least. Not definitely not in the advanced stats <laughs> because yeah. every shot's a turnover. <laughs> uh, but it, like he's 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 doing okay. Draymond coming back, I think is going to be okay. Him and Wiseman on the court really intrigues me. Everyone was freaking out, telling me how they have to be uh, switching off, like a Noel Mitchell Robinson. Because yes, they, they both have to be off. The, they both have to switch out. But Draymond and Wiseman could really play together, especially because they're interchangeable. They can both. I mean, nobody wants Draymond to shoot a three, but he can. So like, if, you know what I mean? Like they could shoot out. Nobody like Wiseman could hit a shot. Draymond could hit a shot. You know what I mean? Like, and if they're like, and they could both be big men. They intrigue me. I think Steph Curry's also going to come and be way better. They're not going to be the top of the West. No. They're going to be hang- they're going to be hanging out in the play-in bottom, but I remember you said it to me um to be candid like uh, talking about the Suns. You were just like, "Yo, Suns are going to be top 5." I was like, "How are the Suns going to be the top 5?" And then I went through it. I'm like going through the teams. I'm like, "Oh yeah, like the- who else is there?" You know what I mean? It's like, "Yeah, we got the we got the Lakers, you got the Clippers." Like, okay, like, then what? Like, uh, the Nuggets, if they hopefully pull together, like, we got the Pelicans, if they stay hot, Jazz, if they are cool, Portland, of course, is going to be there. Like, what are we talking about now? You know what I mean? Like, there's still so many more teams. Like, we have the play-in game, like, Dallas stinks, Memphis stinks, Timberwolves stink, Golden State stinks, 
Like you know, everyone stinks together. The kings stink. Like so, so they're it's, good. It's gonna be no, I think the thing is, is that they're good. Like they're good teams. Like it's not saying that they're not competitive. This is not. Uh, this is still a competitive Western. Yeah, it's not. Like, yeah, yeah, it yeah. Been. It's a competitive NBA. It's, yeah, it's, a comp- it's a competitive NBA. Yeah, yeah. No, it just it just stinks. as like when you watch it and, you, and you're just like trying to enjoy. You're just like, oh, what are we doing here? This is not be the best. Better. This is not the best brand of basketball. They're good basketball. I'm gonna watch it. I have League Pass. I literally this is all I do every day. Everyone's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Watching basketball. Watching basketball. Watching basketball." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like every <laughs> night. Like this is what it is. So um, I get. Yeah. The one. The the, the one I want to pull up to you uh, is Dallas, though. I think, you know, the Knicks have their first pick this year. Some first first uh, their first round pick. And, uh, someone, I think, unprotected, unprotected. unprotected, unprotected. And that's the thing. Someone thought they, the Mavericks still we love it unprotected, it. Alex. We love it unprotected, baby. We love it. That's unprotected. how the Knicks, baby. That's how the Knicks get it. And then, hold on. <laughs> but the best part is, fan tweeted out against Nick's Twitter saying, we, we're fine. We'll just take Kay Cunningham this season. It's like, no, you won't. <laughs> not, not a Knicks fan. Uh, Mavericks fan said that. Mavericks fan said that, like, we're going to take Kay Cunningham. And I'm just like, no, you ain't. <laughs> you can think about it. Not gonna happen. Is there a timeline on KP? I have no idea when KP comes back. But mm. honestly, I, I they I just, should. I make love Luca, dude. I just love Luca so much. If, yeah, he's but, a little chubby right now, but I, I just love him. Yeah, he's not in shape like he was last season. But if they don't make the playoffs, man, that is a game changer. Total game changer. Could you imagine? Hold on. Could you imagine the Knicks making the play in and the Mavericks not? What that would be the most. Ins- what I, a world. <laughs> people's heads would actually explode. What a world that that, that I. Twenty twenty one would be a great year if that's the case. But I think. Uh, do you have any games you want to go over? Or is it? Or, or are we good, John? Are we no, good I think that's second? it. I think. I think. I think. I think that's really it for me. I mean. To be honest with you, I think the I think the best um, play at all, if you're taking any games or anything like that, I would just go with the Heat, man. I just love the Heat right now. I would take the Heat, Celtics, take the Heat to you in the Eastern Conference. Like that's that, that's all I got for you right now. Sweet. All right. There's John with some uh, routine betting between these two between these two episodes, Knicks and Jets. So. Let's send it on. I gotta, I gotta, I, we, all, all we do is watch basketball, talk about basketball, write about basketball, watch football, write about football. Like, what's up? Let's let's do something with it, you know? Yeah. And for the people on for people who listen to the Knicks episode, if you haven't listened to the Jets, John's going to be contributing to Fan Sided's Jet Press uh, portion of uh, or, or, or of the network. So make sure to check out his work there. Soon to be coming. But everyone, thank you for tuning in for another. Next episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Please make sure to rate this a five star and leave a comment in the review portion. Please let your friends, family, dog, cat, lizard, seahorse, whatever you got as a pet, know to tune into us if they love the Knicks and the Jets. Also, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Once again, thank you everyone for tuning in. Please tune in later this week when we gotta go over the Jets game that we just witnessed today as John was texting me so vigorously about. So, catch you later, everyone. Talk to you later. Let's go, Knicks.